0: Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Hey, everybody. Today we're debating space exploration and flat Earth, and we are starting right now with Howard's opening statement. Thanks so much for being with us, Howard. The floor is all yours. Thank you, James. and. uh, Let's uh, see if we can get my
2: slideshow on and start with the first image, please. You bet, it's showing. Awesome. Well, first of all, I'm not a flat earther. So this is not a debate for me to prove flat earth. I'm a globe and a space exploration skeptic because there's lots of evidence that conflicts with what we've been told to believe. So the first image is showing that on a globe of 25,000 miles in circumference or 40,000 kilometers, it's um, necessary that there'd be a drop in every direction of roughly eight inches per mile squared. And as you grow in distance, the drop grows exponentially. I've checked with many mathematicians. There's different uh, formulas, different ways to calculate this. But all of the different uh, methods equal a very similar number. So we shouldn't be able to see 4,000 kilometers away. Or sorry, 443 kilometers away. But we can, as seen on the Guinness Book of Records. Sorry, it is um, four, 4 kilometers, yeah. Um, so we can see the Guinness Book of Records example, where we can see 4,000 4, kilometres away. And then we've got um, my picture that I took myself, which is showing San Juan Beach of Alicante, 20 miles away at water level. In the daytime, we can see the buildings from top to bottom. Some of those buildings are less than 80 metres. And the best part is at night time, we can see the street lights along the beachfront. So my question to the audience, and obviously to Mark, is if you would like me to not be skeptical about the dimensions of Earth, can you show me a vertical drop of roughly five meters over five miles like we would expect? Can you show me a vertical drop of approximately 20 meters over 10 miles like we would expect? Or can you debunk uh, my image by showing me a vertical drop of at least half, um, what should be 80 meters over 20 miles. I don't think you can because I've made many observations in many locations because people say that some parts of the earth is more curvy than others. Like Neil deGrasse Tyson says it's a pear shape, maybe because Mother Nature, had <laughs> apples for men and pears for women, I don't know. But yes seriously i don't see any vertical drop now i don't expect to see curvature but i expect to see landscape lost behind or below the horizon so just to repeat on that there should be five meters over five miles 20 meters over 10 miles 80 meters over 20 miles we don't have to go much further than that because if there's a curve in the water then it should be over just one or two miles noticeable, which I don't think it is. So that's my first slide. If we could go to the next one, please, James.
1: You bet. Show me slide two.
2: Thank you. So we're told that we're traveling half a million miles per hour with the sun around the Milky Way. My problem with that is Not only do we still see the same constellations as the Egyptians, the Mayans and the Aztecs did thousands of years ago, which they've left for us carved in stone. And everything's still in place. There's no disfigurement to any of the constellations. But we can look at it more simple. We're told to believe that we're spinning on our axis, evolving the sun and that the sun's going around the Milky Way. Yet, when we make a recording of the stars at night and speed it up, we can see the star trails are going in perfect circles. Now, I can understand that would work for Polaris, the North Star, and even like the Big and Little Dipper that go around the pole star. But as we venture further south, for example, we can see Orion. Now, if we look at the middle image, we can see that not only are we tilted 23.4 degrees, which if you deduct that off 90 degrees, leaves 66.6 degrees, the devil's number, (laughs) but mainly we're also on the completely other side of the sun in June compared to December as the middle image shows at the bottom. So we should be looking in a completely different direction So my question is to Mark and to the audience, why is it that we can still see Orion six months later just at a different time of night? Not only can we still see it, but as the Star Trail picture shows on the left, we see it crossing the exact same path in the sky no matter what time of year, just at a different time of night. So that doesn't make sense on a globe which is why myself and many others are skeptical about the globe because the stars would be completely different, or at least they would cross a different path in the sky. But the angle is exactly the same. It's just the time that's different. So that's my point for that slide. If we could go to the next one, please.
1: You got it going to slide three showing right now.
2: Thank you. Now, Here, I've taken some images from the ESA, the European Space Agency, and they don't match each other, which is kind of ridiculous. And even on their own website, they admit that these images have been enhanced. They're images. They're not photos, as admitted on the website. But even just looking at the images, some have got clouds, some have got absolutely no clouds they're all different colors of ocean they're different colors of um, continents and we can clearly see the nighttime pictures show where London Birmingham Manchester and Liverpool all the big cities are very visible at night yet in none of the daytime images can we see any sign of London or any other city even though they appear so big at night time so i'm not convinced and no no globe skeptic is convinced by these images anymore because when we go on google image search most of them are cartoons i've been very fair and found the best ones i could to compare them with snow without snow there's no sign of city they're clearly images as the e s a website clearly states themselves So as there's no photos of the United Kingdom, there's no photos of Australia, there's just composite images that have been stitched together from high altitude uh, drone and uh, aircraft pictures, and mostly CGI or just cartoons, which is why the weather reports are always in front of cartoons and never real time or showing us what happened in a storm the day before. So that's my main point for that slide. Uh, If we can go to the next one, please, James.
1: You got it showing slide four
2: thank you here we can see an image from the discover satellite and i insist that anybody that is interested in making their own investigation uh, please go and check the original video from nasa it's easy to find on their youtube channel and um you'll see that the clouds are completely fixed they've been painted on with photoshop because the recording is supposedly photos taken over five hours and we see roughly um a third rotation yet none of the clouds move an inch so that proves that these aren't real clouds and that this this is not a real photo because one the moon is dark two the clouds haven't moved and um also We just um, can compare with the Himawari and any other satellite uh, videos. They don't have moving clouds. Even over uh, 39 hours, I I did an interview with uh, McToon, Michael McToon, and uh, we saw that there was no movement in the clouds over 39 hours for the Himawari 8. So yeah, if there's no photos of countries and there's no real videos of the earth, then it suggests that we're being lied to about space exploration. And also, we know that there's infrared and ultraviolet. We hear about ghosts and we, he- we think about thoughts, and feelings, memories. They exist, but not in the physical realm. So there's obviously higher dimensions, as I say, in the electromagnetic spectrum. We, we can't see everything, we can see very limited. So knowing that there's other things in other electromagnetic uh, waves, like infrared ultraviolet, if you don't believe in the ghosts and things, why aren't we seeing anything from outer space? Why are we just seeing a three dimensional shape when there's obviously more dimensions? And also there's these YouTubers like Joe Rogan and uh, people from the Gaia channel, and even Mike Tyson that are all promoting psychedelics, which uh, is a pattern I often seen. Everyone that's ever done them is very insistent that everyone else tries them, which makes me wonder if the entities that they say they've seen and the shapes and colors that they say they've seen when they're tripping um, have now opened uh, a door for them to be influenced by them even when they're not high, because they always promote these psychedelics. But my point is they all have the same kind of story that the same kind of entities Uh, either speak to them or communicate them with them and they see colors that we don't normally see and they see shapes and geometric patterns that we don't normally perceive so where are these shapes and colors and entities when we're looking at this image why are we just looking at a 3d image when we know earth is much more than 3d from the science that we 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 can understand even though we can't perceive for a 4d uh, cube we can understand that the 4D cube can exist in another dimension. So my point is, I'm not a flat earther because there are obviously higher dimensions than 3D and we are just mere humans obsessed with the theory of knowledge and we like to pretend we know everything. So we're going to argue between a 3D globe or a 2D or a 3D flat earth. No, I believe that earth is much more than 3D. It could be seventh dimensional, hence the seven heavens that they talk about. So, my next image, please, James.
1: You got it. Slide, is, slide five. Show me right now.
2: Thank you. Here, I'm showing that not only has the Bible got over 200 passages that reference a stationary, level creation that is not a ball. It's not shooting through space and it it lost in direction it's completely fixed and it's um, enclosed hence why they talk about the firmament so here i'm not pushing a religious belief i'm just stating that there's historical books like the bible and all of the quotes we can see on the screen from the quran which talk about the sun and moon not being Um, not as we've been told but rather going around us that we're geocentric and also um, there's there's a firmament and the earth might be either flat or at least a higher dimension but stationary and enclosed we also see artifacts from egypt um, and many other ancient civilizations depicting a firmament And these were advanced civilizations that could build things that we didn't know how to build. So we have historical artifacts. We have um, tools like the astrolabe, which measured, um, calculated where the sun would be and what season it was coming based on a geocentric model. We have the sundial based on a geocentric model, both which work still to today, the sundial and the astrolabe. And we have a sextant, another historical tool, which is used because it um, needs a flat or at least a level baseline to work out the height of a star or an object. It needs to use triangulation, which wouldn't work on a curved surface. So I'm showing that there's three tools. Many ancient cultures have left depictions of the firmament and an enclosed system geocentric and the historical books which talk about the same my question to the audience and mark is are there any historical artifacts books or tools that would support the idea that earth is a globe i think not but please try
1: to prove me wrong thank you james Thank you for that opening statement, and we're going to kick it over to Mark. Thanks so much for waiting, and thanks so much for your opening statement. Want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. We hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button as we have many more juicy debates coming up in the future. And with that, thanks, Mark. The floor is all yours for your opening statement as well. Oh, I think you're on mute always happens at
3: least once okay good evening or good morning it's a pleasure to be here thank you James I will have to share my screen and and thank you to Howard for being my interlocutor uh for this this one um just let me get prepared uh why not um yes and then uh screen
1: In the meantime, I want to remind you folks that our guests are linked in the description. If you'd like to hear more from either Mark or Howard, you certainly can by clicking on their links below. And thanks Howard, or I should say Mark, the floor is all yours.
3: Thank you so much and thank you to everybody for joining me for this debate, space exploration and the globe model. Um, Now, first off, I want to sort of talk about um, what a a scientific model is. Uh, A scientific model is a representation of empirical phenomenon, events or physical processes. So it's a description of reality, basically. Um, We don't seem to have absolutely perfect models. They, They don't seem to exist, at least not yet. We're always learning new things and updating our models to be in line with what we currently know. This doesn't make the model useless or even inaccurate. What it means is that we just add more and more knowledge to the the model. Um, Take the model of the anatomy of humans. There's more and more we learn about our bodies and how they work, and we update our model of, of what we know with the new things that we learn. Um, So the the other question is what makes a model useful or true? Um, A model is shown to be true when it has the ability to explain past observations and, and this is the important part, has the ability to predict future events. The accurate prediction of future events is what gives us confidence that a model accurately shows what is empirically true. Failed predictions cause us to lose confidence in the model. Um, models like um, the the, in medicine, the humors um, system of the four humors, that was dropped because the predictions that we made weren't in line with what was happening. Um, Examples of models are an economic model. It's accurate when it can predict future market trends or uh, a geological model, which is accurate when it can predict when certain rock types are going to be found or that when somebody predicts, where oil is going to be found, that's how we know that the the model is accurate and the is true. Um, now, what predictions has the globe and uh, cosmological model made? Um, the the existence of Neptune it was predicted before it was found. Um, It was predicted based upon Newton's laws, quite famously. Um, Background microwave radiation. This was predicted and then found by people that weren't even looking for it. In fact, they were trying to get rid of the sound of the radiation and didn't realise what they'd found. Um, That was 100% predicted before it was found. Um, Prediction of uh, comets coming back. We can predict to a very high accuracy when comets will enter and and um, um, come back towards the Earth, so people can see them in the sky. Uh, sky. Same with meteor showers, you can predict when those showers will happen to a great frequency, and usually on the news they will present when it's actually happening, so you can view it. Um, and the eclipses, I will get back to that. I want to just put that one there. I'll talk more about that later, but that's a big one. Um, and those are just a few of the things that that can be um, predicted. Now I. I don't want to inundate um, Howard with a ton of things so there's three things that I want to touch on um, that I really want to focus on and the first is um, the circumpolar stars. Now this is the northern hemisphere um, sort of where Howard is and do you notice it goes in sort of an anti-clockwise direction and I'll show that here it's going that way. Um, So this anti-clockwise direction will always be seen from the northern hemisphere And if you give it a sec, it'll switch to the south. And this is Australia, where I am. And you see it's going in a clockwise direction, the opposite way. And there's a very good reason for that. Um, You'll never see this this direction coming from the higher higher up in the north. Um, And and there's a very good reason. I'll explain that now. Uh, One sec. There we go. Um, So... This is from a person in the northern hemisphere here, and he's seeing the stars rotating around the north celestial pole, but he won't see the stars rotating about about the south circumpolar, um, the circumpolar star south, because the, the, the globe is blocking his view. So something like the Southern Cross Howard will never see it from where he is in England because the globe is blocking his view of the Southern Cross, whereas me in Australia, I will never see Polaris um, up here because it, the globe is blocking my view. Now, this is from the, the Southern Hemisphere perspective, and I want to I look at it from this perspective. It explains why somebody in Africa... In Australia and South America, all see the same stars that the northern hemisphere people or or the higher latitudes in the northern hemisphere won't see. And they will all see the same stars in the same constellations, all rotating around a central point. And that's how they see it while the northern doesn't. Now, let's take an example of a possible alternative. Now, I, I do concede that this is not necessarily uh, Howard's model, but let's take this flat possible model. How do they see the same stars? If you look south from Australia, south from um, South America, and south from Africa, you all see the same constellations. And how is that possible? Um, all rotating around a central point. Um, here's another possible globe model replacement uh, again you have the same problem if you look south from australia you're up here if you look south from africa you're down here yet they're all still rotating around the same axis this would be the problem of, of a flat earth of the models that i've described you would have to have multiple circumpolar stars all rotating south of each of these continents and that's not what we see so ships over the edge of the earth nope this ship isn't sunk. It's just behind, behind the edge of the horizon. This is this is can be seen. I live on the coast. I've seen multiple ships go over the horizon like this. It's very, very common. Again, another ship over the horizon. Um, and sort of, so why are, do we not see the bottom while we still see the top? And I'll show you why that is. So this is a buoy observed from almost sea level. And you can see the wind farm in the background. See how some of the blades have been cut off. You can't see very much of them at all. Now, this photo is from 50 metres extra distance and 25 metres up. Um, You can now see all of the blades and, and a lot more of these wind turbines while you can see way past the buoy. The question is going to be, why can you see more of these turbines when you're further away? Um, That doesn't seem to make any sense on any other model. Now, I can describe that on the globe model. As you go up, what you can do is see more of the object. This even works when you go further away and further up. You can still see more of the object, less than before, but more of the object. The globe perfectly explains why we see this phenomenon. And there's, there's no reason why it wouldn't work like this. And my question is to uh Howard is, is how is how is that possible if if there is a flat plane there? Now these are examples of a blood moon, and these these look awesome. They've got a really, really nasty red color, um, and and they, they appear in the sky at certain times. And uh, I'd like to know how these work in Howard's uh, model that he's proposing, or, or uh, not any alternative model, really. Um, in the, the GLOBE model, it's explained as such. You have the light coming here. Now, what it happens is it goes through the atmosphere and it's scattered. It's a total lunar eclipse. So the Earth is perfectly in between the sun and the moon. So the light comes in and it's scattered by the atmosphere. Um, exactly the same phenomenon that we see by the s- setting of the sun and the-, the rising of the sun, how it's red. Um, it's exactly the same phenomenon. That light gets cast upon the sun, uh, the moon. Sorry, I beg your pardon. And it makes it seem red. And it also bends passing through the atmosphere affected by the laws of of, uh, gravity and the the particles. So the same phenomenon as refraction we have on the Earth, we see it refract going around the Earth as it passes through the atmosphere, especially if it's very hot. So the, the lunar eclipse, and these are partial lunar eclipses, they're always curved. Every single time we see a lunar eclipse, The the curvature of the shadow which the Earth is casting is always curved from any direction, any angle. Now, the only object that can be curved from any direction, any angle is a ball, a a sphere, um, or in this case, an oblate spheroid. Um, And my challenge to Howard is why are these always curved? Why do we never see anything, well, like this? Or why do we never see anything like this? And the, the, the odd thing about eclipses is we can predict when they're happening to a surprising degree, you can look up years and years of in, in advances in, in eclipses, how would we be able to do this if, there, if the model doesn't work, because the model does work, we can predict these things very accurately. Now, as for spaceflight, I just wanted to point out that there's 77 government space agencies, 20 private companies, hundreds of companies in equipment, manufacture components, um, servicing these companies. The industry is worth over 370 billion. There's, there's probably over a million employees involved uh, worldwide with these companies. It, it's it, It's ridiculous to me that all of these people are somehow lying or making this stuff up. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, I want to point out Starlink. And just the thing about Starlink, see the um, transceiver here. It's a uh, signal sending and receiving device. It's always pointed up. And, you know, I would like to know why it's pointed up, why it's pointed at the sky, why it has a system inside of it to autonomously track the satellites in orbit. Now, there's over 2,000 satellites in orbit. They service 29 countries with, with internet service, satellite internet service. There's a massive controversy on space debris at the moment. There's anger from China because they think that SpaceX who do it are cluttering up space. It's And this is a picture of the um, spaceship that took a payload of these satellites up into orbit. And there's multiple pictures of them um, that you can see. So, As for spaceflight, I I just don't know how or how they would deliver Starlink without a satellite system around the Earth Um, and perhaps how it can tell us. But um, I think I'll I'll leave it there. And thank you so much for indulging me. Um, And uh, I'll kick it back
1: to James for uh, uh, what he wants to do. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mark, for that opening statement as well. And want to let you know, folks, if you are new to Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. We hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. And also, want to say, don't forget to hit that subscribe button as we have many more juicy debates coming up in the future. You don't want to miss them. So hit that subscribe button and that notification bell as well. And with that, we're going to kick it into open discussion. So gentlemen, with if it gets too wild, we'll cut it into two minute intervals for your responses. Otherwise, thanks so much. And the floor is all yours for Open Dialogue.
3: Thank you so much James. There's no reason it has to be wild, although I do want to just touch on how the, the, the debate isn't really about ghosts or the Bible or just any of this other stuff that you sort of brought up. I, I, I find it kind of weird that you sort of bring up why we don't see into more than three dimensions. I mean do, do you usually see in more than three dimensions day to day or uh, I, don't, I don't understand why that would be something we expect. You're on mute, Howard. I think you've got your your microphone on mute, mate.
2: Thanks. We've got tools so we can measure that there are things in infrared. There are things in the delta and there's the ultraviolet. So even Mm -hmm. though we can't see them, we have tools that can measure these things. So when we're looking at Earth from outside, we should have the tools to see what else is there that we can't see.
3: What yeah, we knows. do. Yeah, we do. EPIC's got um, multiple different camera systems that can take infrared and ultraviolet and a, a few other different types of picture. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why you're sort of unaware. I mean, you can even look up a weather map, like taken from the weather satellites, with, uh, you know, infrared tracking of the, the clouds and, and pressure systems across the Earth. So I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know why you would expect to see them on the same... Photo as an ordinary, you know, photo image.
2: Well, if we could start from number one, at what I was hoping is we could go through my points.
3: What's number and one?
2: After, and then afterwards, we can go through your points. Oh, sure, sure. That would sure. be brilliant.
3: Yeah. Um, number so one was number uh, I, I, I'm one sorry. Was, yeah.
2: The number one was that we can see too far. Thanks to the Guinness Book of Records, oh, yes. which is a solid, yeah. solid source, we can see really too far, and um, everybody that comes to Benidorm can see streetlights 20 miles away, so we shouldn't see anything that's under 80 metres tall, yet we see the streetlights along the beachfront 20 miles away when looking at what from Benidorm at water level under the cable ski so we're clearly within 50 centimeters from the water and we can see the street lights all night every night as long as it's clear because if it's atmospheric conditions then you know maybe we can't see very far but when it's a clear day we can clearly see that there's not even what, what's a street light 12 meters so say 15 meters with the being a little bit higher than the water So we can see that there's not even 15 meters of vertical drop from Benidorm to San Juan Alicante. Or we can go to Denia and see the whole island of Ibiza which is supposed to be... Yeah, I think you're
3: moving subjects a bit fast here, if you'll just let me get a word in. Um, sure. You said that you went to many mathematicians. I'd like to know who they are and whether they told you the Earth was flat because it doesn't sound like you've quoted who you've gone to. Um, The the, okay, the image that you brought up was the Prince Book of Records for the longest line of sight, not the longest line of sight at sea level and I even put the mountains in there to show that it wasn't at sea level. Um, with your measurements or your, your sort of eyeball Calling it um, um, at, I don't know where this place is, but you've got streetlights that you're roughly estimating the, the, the height of. You've got basically, um, you don't know the elevation of that land at that height because you haven't given me any elevation. You might be looking upwards rather than across a flat plain. Right? You're looking across water. Right, but the lights aren't obviously in water.
2: No, they're they're a lot of So they're about fifteen meters above water right. level. I've been there myself. You can look on Google yeah. images. The, the, and the, the problem
3: is that you haven't made any kind of measurements or any kind of like what you would do if you're you're looking to prove this is the case is take some actual measurements and not just eyeball it. Because while we can look at things and say, hey, that looks like it will fit there and that microwave looks like it will fit in that space which i've done myself and unless you measure it you can be very very wrong about that just looking at things is not a very good way to empirically determine what you are looking at is correct
2: if i may i do know the measurements of the tallest building in san juan alicante it's on google everyone can check this the tallest building in san juan alicante is 96 metres. Now, we can see even the small buildings all the way down to the bottom. And don't forget, we can see the streetlights along the beach promenade, which are clearly much less than 80 metres from sea level. There should be 80 metres of vertical drop. And if I may quickly, Ibiza, if you want a measurement, the highest point of Ibiza's mountain is 475 metres from sea level. Yet we can see the whole island right down to the port of Ibiza from Denia on a clear day. Yet there's supposed to be 2,000 metres yeah, of hot vertical day. drop from where I am in the peninsula of Spain to Ibiza. There should be 2,000 metres drop. Yet we can see that there's not because we can see the whole yeah. mountain right down to the port.
3: Clear hot day. Did you take into account refraction?
2: It doesn't no. matter where. No, you didn't. Please don't make assumptions, Mark. I'm trying to answer you. I mm-hmm. have made many observations at many different times of the day, at many different times of the year. It doesn't matter where the light source is. doesn't matter where the sun is. doesn't matter which distance you look. There is always no vertical, there's never any landscape or objects hidden behind or below the curvature that we're told okay. to believe in. So
3: you say that, but we don't have any measurements, any clear measurements, just rough approximations from yourself. We don't have any photos, any kind of evidence coming up from you. What I'd like to do is tie it back to the boy photos that I had and ask you why it is that when you get further away then at a higher elevation, you can see more of the wind turbines and not less. If it's a flat plane, what you would expect if you increase the distance and then elevate, you should see less.
2: Well, before we go on to your points, because I've got an answer for Well, no, long. I'd like to cover this. Wondered, I'd like to cover
3: this. To... So no, 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 no. We're not going to take up all the time with your points. This is directly connected to yours. So if you okay. could answer me that.
2: Sure. Which one was that? It's the laws of perspective, which we all know. As you get higher, you can see further. And obviously, things like waves that are closer might appear bigger than the things that are further behind them. This is standard law of perspective. We all should know that. And atmospheric conditions, which is why we call it the vanishing points, because things at the horizon get compressed. More than things above the horizon or things below the horizon. This is simple laws of perspective.
3: So, why, why if it's completely flat, if you get higher, why do you see further if you're getting further away from the object? Why is that? It's
2: the laws of per- I didn't, yeah. Say the laws still- of
3: perspective don't cover that. I mean, you're basically saying yes, things at the horizon get more compressed,
2: no matter what. Where's the, the compression? no matter what shape the surface is, when you get higher, you can see further, either on a flat surface or a curved surface. No, that's not true. Further. Yes, it is. Everyone no, knows well, that.
3: You're the only person that's ever disagreed with that. But but you're basically saying that that entire, the amount that you see is all given by, like you can see way more than 25 meters of those wind turbines. And you're saying that's all elevation. That's ridiculous.
2: No, it's ridiculous to say that ships go over the horizon, but then when I show landscape, like streetlights, buildings, or a whole island, oh, that hasn't gone over the horizon. Then how ships do
3: you explain those ships over the horizon? They've been cut off from the bottom. How do you explain they're,
2: that? They're on the
3: horizon, so they're getting compressed more than half the top of them. Of the boat half of them are getting compressed. There's no compression, me... they're, they're half cut off. I don't want to talk over each
2: other, otherwise, yeah, James, okay. Not fair, fair enough. Let, let me yeah, get yeah, a word. Fair enough. So my point is the p- bottom of the boat is closer to the horizon than the top of the boat, or the bottom of the w- wind turbine is closer to the horizon than the top of the wind turbine. So it gets more compressed. That's why it's called the vanishing point. And waves, waves in the ocean that are closer will appear bigger. Like if I show my hand now, this hand looks like it's smaller, doesn't it? It's not smaller, Mark. You know it's the same size. It's yeah, but path that hasn't been cut off. Of, called the law of perspective. Now, if you put this on the horizon, not only does it look smaller than the wave that's in front of it, it's also getting compressed as well as look being further away. So obviously what you've shown. Are visual um, optical effects, and my point is, if you'd taken the measurements until the boat, or if you'd given the measurements until the wind turbine, we could all see that we shouldn't even see them at all. But we can. No, but so that but when, it. when you,
3: when you, it's not because. Yeah, because of if I could just a get a word in, you've been speaking for a while now. Move like forward. when you showed further away, yeah, it gets smaller, yes. But where is it being cut off? It doesn't move upwards as it gets further away unless it is vanishing behind the horizon and it doesn't get compressed. You see no compression at the bottom at all in any of the photos. What you're referring to just does not exist because there is no compression there. And anybody can see it. I live near the ocean, I can see it. And and basically you've just made up compression because you want to excuse, excuse that the bottom of the boat has been completely cut off. I mean, would you like me to show the photos again and you can tell me where the compression is? I'd like you to admit
2: that the ocean has waves and that some of those waves will appear bigger than what is much further behind And what's getting compressed because it's further away and close to the horizon will be hidden
3: by the wave that's closer to you. You must be joking. That is not what is happening at all. And they've done this on flat lakes as well. So that's absolutely ridiculous. I've actually, seen footage from Flat Blakes where they've taken a helicopter and gone and then dropped the helicopter and it vanishes yeah. behind the apparent horizon. There's no yeah. compression there. Saying compression is like saying there's a magic pixie there doing it. There's no compression.
2: Mark, Mark what you're talking about uh, was actually debunked and so was the Discovery Channel. <laughs> but, yes, it wasn't, because that was, because that was only seven miles. And I'm showing you a photo of 20 miles and I can show you a video where the streetlights are 20 miles away, which is much more than seven miles. That was faked. And so was the National Geographic one where yeah, they had a little yeah. flag and they went away, but the horizon was above the flag. So they faked footage to try and convince people like yourself. Yeah, not to I, I
3: mean, to you flag say flag. that. You say Hold that, on. but, but no, that on, has not been debunked in the slightest. Please. That's just a hollow, shallow, empty claim of debunking. It's just ridiculous. I'm, you can use
2: whatever names against me you want and try and be derogatory, but my... my I
3: didn't is, say anything. I said fact that, fact that the claim is not debunked and it's a hollow claim from you that it
1: is. We're going to have to go into two-minute no, intervals just to make sure that it's not uh, too rowdy. Thank okay. you.
2: Can I go first? My point is, Mark, you haven't given any measurements, yet you're saying that I haven't. I've just told you the measurements of the tallest building in Alicante. I've told you the tallest mountain in Ibiza. I've told you the distances. So please don't use reverse psychology. You you're the one that isn't giving distances, and you're the one that isn't giving the vertical drop or the height of these objects. So please don't use reverse psychology to discredit me when you're the one that's not giving sizes and distances.
3: Is that it? Your two minutes?
2: Oh, I don't need two minutes. It's simple. You I haven't exercised
3: okay. this. I have. Okay, well, I gave, like, the distances that that boy camera was taken away and then elevated, and I have I have given distance. And people have measured distances. You just say, hey, it's been debunked, and that's all. There's nothing that you've said that has any kind of um, scientific... Um, Empirical measurements to it. You've just said, "Hey, this is this is this. This is that." I can see from here. It's an argument from personal incredulity. Now, I want to move on to the constellations and especially before, the one. Please, can
2: I just get one thing in? I do, did give don't measurements. Do, I, do, I do want to give Mark to the distance, two minutes. But before we change points, please. Is uh, Mark, are you good with your two Yeah, minutes? yeah, go for
3: it, go for it, go for it.
2: Thank you. Not only have I give the height of the objects and the distance from them, I've also said that there's supposed to be eight inches of vertical drop per mile squared until 2,000 miles. That's accurate. And there's many other calculations. But whatever calculation your mathematics or my uh, mathematicians that I've asked that aren't flat earthers, by the way, they were total normal uh, mathematician groups on facebook in spanish and in english i've confirmed many different calculations i can dig out my point is are you denying that there should be five meters vertical drop over five miles that there should be 20 uh, sorry 20 meters vertical drop over 10 miles are you denying that there should be approximately 80 meters over 20 miles because i've done the math with other mathematicians. I've now presented the math multiple times, yet you're accusing me of not being scientific when my main point is, I have made primary observations and they are reproducible. You are coming here with secondary information that you believe in. Because if you'd made your own primary observations with measurements of the height and distance, what they should be lost then you wouldn't be sat there so smug you would be like wow maybe we are being lied to about the dimensions of earth because we can see way too far check for yourself stop using secondary information and trying to turn it around when you're the one that hasn't provided sizes and distances
3: please yeah so you're just now insulting me so you're just turning around insulting me excuse me this is my time howard can you please so I don't believe that you've accurately measured this building. I don't think you've provided any kind of elevation for the ground the building is on. what I think of that you've just decided that's the size of the building and you've just um, you've just well been a child for a start and you've just basically said, hey, this is the height I think it should be without any kind of where, where's your where's your measurements? Where are they? Where's your th- Hey, can I please finish? Can I please finish? what you've done is googled the size of a building said hey this is how much i reckon i can see this is the distance that i reckon i should be able to see and then said oh that's my empirical measurement of this building without knowing hey what's the what's the altitude of the land it's on how much refraction is there on a day you just don't care you just don't care about what what doing things in an empirical manner or using a model that actually works. Now, I think we should get onto the next point with the constellations and the uh, circumpolar stars. I think we should address why you can't see the Southern Cross from England, and, or, or you're in Spain, you might be able to see something from that latitude. But why, if you go above a certain latitude, you cannot see the Southern Cross? And when you go below a certain latitude in the, the Southern Hemisphere, you can't see Polaris. And why in, in the North and South Hemisphere do you see the same constellations rotating? And how does it work on your model? You need to present that. Sure thing, but because
2: you've just made a claim against me that's not true, I'm going to answer you. I am sceptical, and I went on national Spanish television, and I offered 10,000 euros of my own money for people to present the evidence that I can't find myself, even though I've made multiple observations. I offered 10,000 euros for half of the expected curvature over any distance. So please... Don't talk to me about an open source investigation when you're relying on secondary information. I'm making primary observations and I've even offered money for people to compare evidence and prove me wrong with at least half of the expected curvature. Nobody could provide evidence. So take that back. And go and do your own observations before you accuse people of reckoning things. I've been making an open source investigation, offering money. Nobody's been able to prove me wrong. So I'm here giving you an opportunity and you haven't been able to do so. So let's move on. Yeah, that's fine. You want to talk about um, the Star Trails? Which part did you want to talk about?
3: Uh, I went over it as i said and i'll repeat it is why is it that somebody in the southern hemisphere can all see at a certain latitude they can all see the same constellations all circling the same way which is opposite of the north why is that and why cannot somebody in the north see those stars even though somebody in africa australia south america and big shout out to sal in in africa South Africa, in fact. Um, Why can they all see the same constellations rotating? Right. It's
2: quite simple. Oh yeah. Then
3: it should be easy to explain. Fantastic. Go.
2: Let's try. Please don't interrupt me. I'll I'll try. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry.
3: I wasn't thinking. Yeah.
2: Apology accepted. So when we're looking north, it's anti-clockwise. When we're looking south, it's clockwise. Mm -hmm. Either way, the stars are going from the east. To the west so that would be expected if i'm looking this way i'd see them going anti-clockwise they're going that way yeah over me east to west now if i look backwards they're clockwise dada it's like if i put a number nine on the ceiling and then i go and stand on the other side of the room it doesn't look like a nine anymore it looks like a six dada it's called the laws of perspective you really should uh, screw up on that but my point was we do see polaris stationary as could be expected on either a flat model or a, a sphere or a concave model or who, else, who knows what other models there could be but my point is why do we still see Orion in the same part of the sky passing the same path in sky no matter what time of year when we should be on the other side of the Sun tilting in a different way, Why do we see the same constellation above the equator? And how come it passes the same part of the sky just at a different hour? That doesn't
3: work on a globe, does it? No, it does. It does because we're a long way away from Orion. There's so far away from Orion that the amount of distance that we travel around the sun isn't enough to change the apparent position of Orion. And and what I want to know is if, if we're on a flat model, then What is the Earth rotating? Are the stars rotating around us? Why is it if we're on a flat model and we're over here, why can't we see some other star that that somebody on the the Southern Hemisphere can see? If it's flat, you're over here. Someone on the Southern Hemisphere is over here. But wait, the person in Africa is over here. And the person in Africa can see what you can't and they can even though they're twice the distance away. Your explanation makes zero sense on, on your model.
2: Yet. I haven't given one yet. I'll give you one now if you want.
3: Sure, go for it. Give me the model of how that happens on a flat no, plane. No, you,
2: just, you just said
3: I haven't given one yet, so I'll try now. But while I'm yeah. doing that, James,
2: James, is it possible you could um, get the image two on the screen for, for when I come back to my points after I answer Mark's question? Sure. Thank you. It's the image too about the stars. While you're digging that out, um, you re- mark. You re- really need to scrub up on the laws of perspective, mate. Because when things are when things are in the distance, yeah, and you're coming away, not only do they get smaller, but they will also appear lower down. It's not that they're lower down. It's that because you get further away, they appear lower down. So they will get to a point where they will be obstructed by things like the waves in the ocean yeah same laws of perspective mate so buildings mountains as well as the atmosphere isn't transparent you know over such a distance things will disappear either because of um that refraction or distortion from pollution and stuff or simply because they appear so low down that things that are closer obstruct them so, again, you really do need to learn the laws of perspective because before you come and debate people that have been making this investigation for years, because I'm no expert, but this is basic stuff, mate. Like I say, just look at my hands, figure it out. Um, Let me know when you've got the image on the screen, please, Yeah, just
3: before you do that, I'll just address that, because in the example that I gave and what I showed was that the person in Africa was further away even still than the person in the Northern Hemisphere. So how does that work? They shouldn't be able to see the stars, but they do. So that point is completely useless because you're saying, hey, somebody further away shouldn't be able to see the stars. But Africa's further away still, and they still see it sorry
2: what was your point that they still see the southern cross yes but they're, yes. they're below the equator they're below the equator now yes so how are they further away if they're if they're further out than the equator then they're going to see things in the south closer than things in the north obviously so,
3: so what's the shape here is it a disc with the southern hemisphere around the outside is it is it a a brute roll with them all up on one end what exactly are you saying here hi my name's howard and i'm a glow skeptic
2: i'm not making any claims of what earth is i'm just proving that we can see too far and that things don't add up for the dimensions or the model that we've been given so yeah I'm but you haven't addressed my minded. point i you don't
3: believe you haven't addressed me. my point, you, addressed my point. you have I not addressed how that but works if the globe model is wrong. That works specifically because the globe model is right. You haven't addressed my predictions, why we can predict things. You haven't addressed the blood moon. There's so much you haven't addressed. All you can, want yeah. to do is go to, no, because we're going to run out of time and we're not going to be able to get to what I want. And I think that's exactly your plan. Predictions. I would love yes, to go predictions. The what predictions. predictions have you made that have come true?
2: Predictions are good, but can have alternative explanations. The astrolabe is based on a geocentric model, and that works too.
3: So but the sextant which you brought up is based upon star maps. In fact, MC Tune is giving out $10,000 to anybody that can use the sextant on their model and make it work without using the uh, star maps from the globe model, and nobody has been able to do that. Why can't you do that?
2: I'd have Why to look you? into it, I'm not an expert, but I know
3: that a sextant wow. depends on,
2: tra- please, let on sextant. please let me finish speaking, please let, let me know, finish let, speaking, let, let yes, a sextant works on triangulation, a triangle mm-hmm. has a flat base, so how does that work on a curved base, Mark,
3: doesn't does what? it? no it's curved it It uses the sight lines to the stars no it does and it uses the star maps from the globe model the problem that every flat earther has said the reason why they can't do it is because they are not allowed to use the star maps based upon a globe model and that's the problem so if you can make these predictions can you make predictions about when the next eclipses will be Can, can anybody make predictions
2: Yes, and I don't,
3: don't care that you think that there's some kind of weird alternative hippy dippy ghost by biblical thing that's gonna Use show us the, about, the, the, the whole point. Is it, excuse me, could I finish? I thought
1: yeah, I finished. Can I
3: finish? Can I finish? It's the whole point.
1: All right, wow, we have to cut wow. it into two minute segments again. Go ahead, Mark.
3: Wait. Wow, just can't, can't do it. Um, all right, so. <laughs> the problem is that the globe model makes a number of predictions again and again and again that you you cannot make you all you say is i'm incredulous about this model that's all you've got that's all you've ever presented and just personal incredulity now you can say hey there's alternative hypothesis but you're asking us to throw out a model which 99 of the time works flawlessly and you're asking us to throw it out for ignorance, that is what you're after ignorance, the model works that's why we use it, if you have a better and more consistently. Result producing model then present it, but you have nothing, nothing. Are you done
2: right james can you put the second image on please because i have answered three of your points already we haven't answered any of mine so it seems like that's your uh, motive isn't it the so let's put the second image on when you got a chance please james image is up thank you so as you can clearly see in the middle of the image when we're in i can't June, say
3: anything hang on that's called blind faith <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's because of the because you can't seem to work at technical stuff. Um, so let's look at let's, the, look, um, let's look at that image for a second. I, I can't. Uh, well, I have to get like, to the stream because like, James can't show it to me. So you're going to have to hold on while I while I get the stream. I'll hold on. James but can't wait. show it to me because of technical issues. So I, I have to I have to go to the stream.
1: Want to remind you, our guests are linked in the well, description as. Mark is looking that up, you can find our guest linked below as well as if you think you have a friend who would enjoy debates like this one, including this one, don't forget to hit that share button below you can hit that share button and share this link with anybody who might enjoy this topic as well. So while you're looking
2: for the image, I'll explain to the audience. It's not only that we can see the same stars as thousands of years ago, even though we're supposedly going around the Milky Way at half a million miles an hour, which means we would literally be, in a few years, as uh, we would have traveled as far as the closest star. So we are clearly not seeing any disfigurement in any of the 88 constellations. But my main points, can you now see the image? Sorry, yes, I can. Great. You see those red arrows that I've drawn on there, Mark? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter how far something is away. When you're on the left of the sun, let's say just the left, so it's easy to see, in June, you're looking left and you're looking upwards. When it's December, you're looking right, the complete opposite direction, and you're looking down as well. So you should not see Orion or any of the other constellations, which we do, crossing the sky in the exact same part of the sky, following the same And you're talking
3: path. about Orion. Sorry, I just want to I'm talking to about all
2: constellations, but Orion's a good example because it's okay, one Orion. That I've seen over my, over my sky, no matter what time of year it is, it always crosses the same path. That wouldn't then- work
3: then you've got a problem with your eyes because Orion vanishes into the sun's glare for part of the year. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's there's about two or three yeah, months. Yeah, it does. It, <laughs> <like> then, a- <laughs> what are you talking about then? You say no. all year. It's not all year, is it? You, you,
1: listen, you've,
2: you've
3: just Mark, refuted your you own
2: statement. Before you start laughing, just listen to what I'm saying. There's no, two or three <laughs> please please don't laugh over me or, or just mute yourself if you have to laugh like a little well, <laughs> well, okay. mute, myself so, then. mute yourself then yeah but listen there's two or three months where Orion is in the daytime sky but apart from those two or three months I'm talking about six months difference yeah so in within six months difference when you can still see Orion in the night sky just that it might be at the very um start of the night or it could be just before the morning it's still in my view and it's still it always crosses the same path in the sky so apart from those two or three months that it's in the daytime going above us apart from those two or three months i'm talking about the nine or ten months that we can see it in the night sky and it's in the same part of the sky uh, going exactly the same path now Oh, if you look at the analem, analemma or analema of the sun or the analemma of the moon, yeah, over a month the moon makes a figure eight. This is
3: getting on to a new the, subject. Over I'd over like a, to address the previous year. subject before we go on to a new year, one, please.
2: The sun makes a figure eight.
3: Yeah, I'd like to address the Orion thing, please. I am talking we go on to about. Subject. I'm talking about oh, Orion. Howard, I do. No, you're happens. going on to the sun's analemma.
1: I'd like to address Orion I'm trying to make right, a comparison. I've, I've actually got a, like my computer by having PowerPoint open in addition to OBS and uh, Zoom, is it's kind of draining on my computer to where it says low system resources may affect your audio quality. Uh, try closing some applications. So I've got to close PowerPoint pretty quick here. Yeah, I think I think we both are enough. Yeah, I think I think we're good with that. Yeah. So just to finish my
2: points, because it's a comparison, we see a figure eight in the sun because it clearly changes path throughout the year no matter what model you believe in you agree there's an dilemma it changes its position in the sky over the year we would expect the same to happen with all of the stars especially the ones near the equator but we don't which is why i'm talking about orion specifically and why i'm saying that it's always crossing the same path in the sky and like my image clearly showed At one time of the year, we're looking that way. The other time of the year, we're looking that way. So we shouldn't even see the same stars, never mind that they cross the same path.
3: No, it's, well, the thing is, and it's, it's hilarious that you said you see Orion all year, and then you've had to retract that and say, oh, well, it's not been all year. It's actually been three months where it's behind the sun's glare. The whole point is that we see Orion lower and lower on the sky until it gets behind the sun's glare. Now, this is a consequence of the Earth spinning, and that's what we see. You said it yourself. We see it lower and lower. You said that yourself. No, and, and that is why excuse me can i finish yeah, and so when lying. the earth
1: it, excuse me say, be quiet this that. is my
3: time Howard,
1: yeah, sure. don't don't it is true you have to stop interrupting
3: so as the as the orion gets lower and lower that is the position of the earth from around the sun changing and then it goes in behind the sun's glare and we don't see it for the three months, which you just admitted, even though earlier you said we saw it the whole year. So this is, this is completely to be expected in the globe model because the Earth doesn't go round from one side to the other and point in the same direction. You seem to think it's, it's, it just changes 180 and then sits there. Yeah, that's what you seem to think that it just changes 180 degrees and sits there. No, what it does is it's constantly spinning every day for 365 days. And when it's halfway round, it doesn't mean it's just pointed that way constantly for the rest of its travel around. I think I think you let that graphic go go to your brain a bit because you think it's stationary and not moving. It's spinning. And as we move around it gets lower in the sky until It's behind the sun and we can't see it because of the sun's glare, which you just admitted. Go for it.
1: I forgot that I had you on mute, Howard. I'm gonna unmute you now. Uh, You have to click on mute on your end as well. Thank you. I clearly said that it's always in the same part of the
2: sky and travels the same path in the sky. That conflicts with what you're claiming I said, that it gets lower. If I said it gets lower, I wouldn't say that you'd see it in the same part of the sky traveling the same path. So who's who's a liar now? You're actually twisting my words. And I said that it's always in the same part of the sky throughout the whole year. There's only two or three months that we can't see it because it's daytime, but I never said it gets lower. And also what you're saying about my graphic It's obvious. At night time, you're looking that way in June, and at night time, you're looking that way in December, because supposedly the heliocentric model, helios, which is the sun god, which makes you a sun worshipper, is in the middle. So if it's in the middle, you can't be looking the same direction because it would be daytime. Duh! Sorry, mate, but stop twisting my words and being a liar and then accusing me of being a liar. Yeah, what you, you really said is your... it
3: travels across the sky and gets lower in the sky. That is the earth no, spinning. It and isn't. the reason it's why a... you can't see Orion in the in the when the sun's up is because it's behind the sun, not just because it's bright. That's that's got nothing to do with it. The sun's in the
2: sky, the sun's not low down. What are you talking about, Mark? You... You're making a bit of a fool out of yourself here, mate. You're lying in front of everybody and you're twisting my words when everyone I'm, can clearly I'm, I'm see that. I'm certainly not lying. Image. You can I'm see in my lying. image what I'm saying. I put an image because I didn't want you to twist my words. The image shows what I was saying and everyone's heard me say it about five times. You're lying about what I've said. I never said it gets lower. I said it clearly stays in the same
3: part of the sky. Do you realise you just claimed that the, uh, the, the sun's in the sky and doesn't go lower? Are you, are you aware you just said that? I didn't say that the sun
2: doesn't go lower. I said that the right. stars don't go lower. Stop twisting my words to try and gain a point. That you are losing three, points, three months
1: my... of it. Where you can't You have to see go into Q&A in just a couple of minutes, gentlemen. Sun's you... Each of you have uh, two minutes to draw together the final threads from tonight's debate. We'll start with, given that we started at the very beginning with Howard, we'll start with Howard and then we'll go over to Mark Reed for the last word. Howard, you've got two minutes.
2: Great, so just to remind everybody, there's supposed to be five meters drop over five miles. Go to the beach, go to a river or a lake and make your own observations and stop listening to people like Mark and stop taking secondary information with blind faith. Make your own primary observations. Then go and look at that secondary information that I said that either from the international space Fake station or the ESA and look at your own country, search for a real photo of a whole country and try and date it back to see variety over the years. You won't find any, there's hardly any pictures because they're not photos, which is why they're all different colors, which is why there's no signs of city in the daytime, but lots of light at night. And that's why some have got clouds and some have got no clouds Go and look at videos of the Earth rotating or geostationary satellites and see that the clouds are fixed throughout the whole rotation. And then look for historical evidence of the globe. You won't find any, but you will find books, artifacts, carvings, and you'll even find tools like the sextant, the sundial, and my favorite, the astrolabe, which does predict eclipses, and on the eclipses i wanted to say is it the stellium eclipse where you see the sun and the moon at the same time above the horizon it's not shade of the earth that causes a shadow it's different phases of illumination because if you put water under moonlight during a full moon or shortly after the full moon you'll see that moonlight chills water i don't know if it gives cold or takes heat but you use a magnifying glass and you can amplify the effect which means you're manipulating uh, the cause. So it's definitely an independent variable. Moonlight chills. It's silver. Sunlight's gold. It heats. There's yin. There's yang. Masculine, feminine, proton, electron. We're in a big atom atmosphere. Come on, guys. Get your own observations and stop listening to these people and stop trusting secondary information.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you very much. and. We are going to jump into the Q&A soon, folks. So if you have a question, here is how you can submit it. There are two ways. One, if you tag me with at Modern Day Debate in the live chat, and then the other is if you send in a super chat, we put those at the top of the list. And thanks so much, Mark. The floor is all yours for your two-minute closing as well.
3: Fantastic. Thank you. So I had a number of challenges for Hal. I noticed he did didn't address the blood moon at all just threw in some rinky dink expectable explanation at the end just just trying to say anything to wave it away um i brought up Starlink and why the dish is always pointing up he never addressed that anyway he wanted to do his four points first of course because he didn't want me to actually get to mine um i managed to tie mine in with his points luckily but you know if if Howard had his way; we'd never even get to my points at all, which is exactly what he planned. Obviously, um, he didn't um, understand that the globe doesn't st- like it doesn't stay in one position. He doesn't understand that when when the Earth is rotating, Orion will move across the sky. He doesn't understand that during those three months, it's behind the sun. Even though he's saying, "Why is it never behind the sun?" It, he doesn't understand anything about this model. Um, this model makes. Testable predictions that show when meteor storms had happened, he didn't address that. Show when comets would come back, he didn't address that. will show when eclipses would happen, didn't address that. There's tons that he just did not address and wants to wave it all away and say, hey, it's just coincidence that these people are predicting all of these things that that they happen to be able to predict with 100 accuracy as i said earlier howard basically doesn't have a model he doesn't make any predictions his his pals don't make any predictions he basically wants to swap the working model that we have for ignorance and incredulity ghosts and fairy tales and whatever he's dreamt up in four dimensions in his head Um, it's it's pointless to try and replace a working model with ignorance and i would i would ask people to go out and learn about these things because we can explain them and we can explain why they work
1: thank you thank you very much gentlemen and i want to let you know folks as always we were excited about i don't we've never talked about this but if you think that you know somebody who would enjoy this debate who would be like oh i like listening to this i want to hear more you can click that share button below highly encourage you and with that we're going to jump into these questions thanks so much for your question this one coming in from stupid beta energy says how does howard explain the continually changing live stream view of the globe from the international space station not even disney has the technology yet to do that with cgi try
2: watching um star wars and then tell me they haven't got the technology to use a fisheye lens from a high altitude and then get people in either an airplane that's zero g uh, up and down to give the effects that they're floating i've, I've made plenty of videos on my previous um, appearances here this time i've just brought five simple images just to try and focus on them and not get distracted but i've used in, in previous um, debates videos that show exactly how they can fake it with hollywood studio
1: technology this one coming in from factationalist network aka kaz guest moderator appreciate all your support Kaz says modern day debate kickstarter flat earth versus globe earth full flight debate around the world with compass live stream get paul Kamish to fly the plane for it thanks for that idea that's a juicy one to say the least hassan hakan thanks for your question as well says to george why is the sun not changing optical size
2: I don't have the answers, but my theory would be that we're looking at a higher dimensional object, which was why we only see one face of the moon because we're seeing a physical face of the moon, yet we don't see the sides, the top or the back ever. And they can give explanations that it's perfectly rotating the opposite way at the same exact time as us and that the sun is 400 times bigger but just magically exactly 400 times closer, it's, the moon is 400 times closer than the sun, which makes them appear the same size. So my question is, why don't the sun and the moon ever change size from uh, comparing to each other?
1: Aeon, thank you because, very much.
2: Because, yeah, we don't know.
1: Thanks for your question as well, it says, Dabin Good says, what is the Saros cycle? When was it discovered? What is the s it's spelled s-a-r-o-s the saros cycle and when was it discovered
2: is it for me or mark
1: they don't even say
2: well while you're looking for the next question starlink bounces signals off the electromagnetic firmament known as the van allen belt satellites use balloons nasa is the biggest consumer of helium Uh, you can check this in google related
1: to the the question? question Yeah, no,
3: it was focus. was your point. focus.
1: This one going into
3: Well, the Saros Cycle is the reoccurrence of eclipses. That's... Uh, and I must admit I had to look that up. Yes, it's a uh, uh, periodic reoccurrence of cli- eclipses, which, which I guess was my point. So it may have been directed towards how.
2: Astrolabe. You can use an astrolabe and predict all the eclipses, all of the seasons, the sun, the moon, everything. And 99% of all data is transferred under submarine cables. You can Google that, too.
1: This one coming in from... Do appreciate your question. Stupid Beta Energy says, Obviously, the visibility of Orion is consistent with the spherical Earth model. Please refer... You don't have
2: to do this, James. But please refer to the image that I used at the second slide and figure it out for yourself.
1: This Uh. one... in from Brandon Hansen says Mark is this your let's see more of a just a, an attack they say they say Mark you seem to be interrupting George constantly it's all right man keep practicing and you won't be let's see he said uh <laughs> don't, don't quit your day job what do you say to that Mark <laughs> uh well you know
3: at least I have a day job
1: thanks this is what I have to say. We are thankful for the speakers. And so we let you guys roast them a bit because they've got thick yeah, skin. Go on. I mean, they're debating yeah, on yeah. the public or uh, on the internet, so we know that they've got thick skin. But I do want to acknowledge the fact that we do appreciate our speakers. And this one coming in from Elabaca says, Hey, Howard, do the same experiment on moonlight when there's no moon. You'll get the same chilling effect without it. Why? How can I have a glass in the moonlight
2: compared to a glass not in the moonlight. If there's no moonlight, you have to have moonlight to compare to moon shade.
3: Yeah, that's what Otherwise, they're saying. There
2: is no exper- yeah, yeah, there is no experiment when there's no moon there. Because no, then that's they're, both what they're saying. The Mark, Mark, let me explain it, because you obviously oh, sorry, don't get it either. You obviously no, no, don't, don't get it either. You obviously don't get it. If there's no moon, then both glasses are in the moon shade. You need moonlight to have one under the moonlight, and one or two or three that are not under the moonlight. Then you get your thermometer and you check the temperature, and the only one that's dropped is the one in the moonlight. Try for yourself instead of going to radiative cooling explanations and other people's say-so. Just try for yourself, like making an observation over water level instead of using other people's boat images that we've all seen for the last five, six years.
3: Thank yeah, I'll you. just explain how you do that. You basically get a, like when there's no moonlight, you do the same experiment, you cover one and then you leave the others out in the non-moonlit light and you'll get the same result. The one undercover will be warmer than the ones out in moonlight. And that's because, as I think the person is ending in the question would explain, that the cover is actually trapping in heat that will make the glass under cover slightly warmer. So that's how you do it without moonlight. And if you get the same result with the moon not involved, then you know it's not the moon that is causing the effect that is produced.
2: What cover are you talking about? Both glasses are unsheltered. They are not covered or that would be radiative cooling. Watch my lips. No cover.
3: Well, out how in do you the get garden, out of the moon without in the garden. being covered by something?
2: out in the garden one Uh in the moonlight and one in shade you can have shade from a vertical please stop interrupting me you've been told by one of the audience yeah stop and let me finish first there's a wall it's vertical it's not covering the glass vertical wall gives shade from the moon put a few glasses in different parts of the garden where the moonlight does not hit them not covered okay So you don't need the moon to do Do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I understand what what you're saying. You don't need the
3: moon to do that. So if you do the exact same thing with no moon in the sky and And you get the same result. No, let me finish. Let me finish now. And you get the same result, i.e. the glass out in the open with no moon is colder. Then you get the same result and the moon has nothing to do with it. They're all in the open, Mark. Do
2: you not understand? No, they the are one not that's looking. not
3: near the wall. Then I, I feel like I'm explaining it to. Like if you just do it when the moon is not up. And do the, what the test what are you comparing they're both do out do in the exactly open. the same experiment exactly oh, the same
2: how experiment you do it? how about you do it instead of talking about what you're oh, right, this is you
3: what talk. the question was about i can't believe you don't understand this this is don't what the question understand? was saying unsheltered no cover that's fine that's open. fine that's fine okay I, I agree with you they're unsheltered out in the open Thank what you. you do is the same experiment with no moon right no, there's no One's comparison
1: next- Let's let him finish.
3: Because if the same thing happens and one is warmer, then if the moon isn't there, it has
2: nothing to do with the moon. It doesn't happen. And you can check with a magnifying glass. Have you done Hold on. The question was, have you done that? There's no moonlight when there's a new moon. You need a moon so that there's moonlight. And then you can compare moonshade to moonlight. And you can amplify the effect with a magnifying glass. That's called... Manipulating the cause so, I'm you just, know, it's the independent variable. I'm Use just trying to get
3: you to understand the question. That's all if
2: you don't understand that they're both out in the open. There's no shelter, because if you do it, you'll see if there's no moonlight. There's no change on either, where right. if there's moonlight, it changes two or three degrees down and if you use a magnifying glass it can go five or six degrees down you're amplifying the cause so you're proving it's the independent variable my friend
1: was,
3: the question was have you done it with no moon at all no, because I've no, already thank you. Put, That's because answer.
2: I've already put multiple glasses in different parts of my garden, which were shaded from the moonlight, <laughs> and none of them change temperature. So obviously if there's no moonlight, there's no change. But if there is moonlight, there is change. One, and if there's a magnifying glass, there's more change. Thing. Try we've, for yourself, audience. Stop being We must move to the next one. Like
1: we've sent. We spent a lot of time on this one. This from Anton Gomez says, "George, where does gravity come from if the Earth is flat? If you say it's accelerating, how come it doesn't go infinite?"
2: If there is a magical force known as gravity, and it's not just relative density and momentum. Like many people can argue, well, then we need to redefine what gravity is because if there is a pull, it's pulling down, it's not pulling to a center because there's no curvature measurable over any distance. Which is why the best mark can provide is some crappy distorted images of boats, which should be completely hidden, or wind turbines that should be completely hidden if we really knew the distance, but we don't. Because he leaves them things out and then tries to make out as if I don't bring measurements and sizes and calculations, which I clearly did. Everyone can rewind.
1: This one coming in from do appreciate your question as well. Ozzie and Talks says great job, Mark. George, your math for calculating curves for a circle is wrong. Do or can you graph a circle? You can prove a curve calculator on paper. Try it if you are not sure about the claim.
2: You can go to metabunk.com, curve calculator. You can go and find a chart of Earth's curve in kilometers or in miles. You can go on Facebook and get mathematicians to give you other formula. They will all agree that over five miles, there should be five meters. That's an easy one to remember, even for Mark. And that over 10 miles, there should be 20 meters. Now, that's not very far. You can see that with the naked eye, too. You don't need a telescope or a camera, just a clear day. Or over 20 miles, there should be 80 metres drop. So please do check the math before making false accusations about me, because I have checked the math with many experts, charts, online calculators. And then I've made my own observations, which is something Mark and many of you haven't done, because it's called blind faith in secondary information. Not primary observations, which is real scientific method.
3: Do I it. Just give a big shout out to OZ and thank you so much, mate. Uh, so you're,
1: you're awesome. This one coming in from Surgeon General says Hey, you there. Click that join button and become a member of Modern Day Debate. Thanks for your support. Surgeon General says Next to the subscribe button, you find the membership button if you want to help support the channel and get po- cool perks like access to member only debates and content. Thanks for your support, Surgeon General. It's true, we do have a membership, so if you dig those, highly encourage you to check them out. And Anton Gomez, thanks for your question, says, Mr. Modern Day Debates, have a banana. Thank you. And I appreciate that. Elibaca, or Elibaca, thanks for your question, says, then show that done with just a vertical cover. Then just do the same with no moon. Do it and compare. That's how you validate the moon as the cause. I think that one's for Mark because it's,
3: he's clearly saying it's the moon that's I causing the I think so. <laughs> I, I, no, they're, they're saying exactly what I said. In order to test to see whether the moon is the cause, you do it without the moon present at all. And if the same thing happens, then the moon is not the cause of the phenomenon that you are observing. It's very simple. The
2: same thing doesn't happen. You need moon shade. but you haven't done it he said no you haven't done it do you understand that there's no moonlight in moonshade moonshade means there's no moonlight it's shaded from a object like yeah. a vertical yeah.
3: wall so you put it not next covered. to the wall with not no... next to
2: the wall shadows
3: can be very tall i can put it 20 oh. meters
2: away from the wall if it's anywhere
3: you want then if, put it, if it's put in it 20 sh- meters away i mean this question apparently was for me even though i don't think it was you told me to answer it which was oh, your no, question the if there's Sorry. moon
2: shade then you are making a comparison between moonlight and not moonlight
3: you can't do that if there's no no no, moonlight. no you're not no, well, well what, what they're talking about is you've got position A and position B, right? You've got your one way out in the open. You've got your one in shadow, right? They're both in if, the open. Well, okay, way out in the open. I said, okay, you've got one in shadow. You've got one not in shadow. Okay, position A and position B. And you, you're basically making the hypothesis that it is the moon that's causing one to be hot and one to be colder. That's the hypothesis, right? So in order to test that, what you would do is do it without the moon in the sky at all, which you said you hadn't done. And if the same thing happens, then it cannot be the moon causing that phenomenon.
2: If you use a magnifying glass on the one in the shade and use a magnifying glass on the one under the moonlight, you will see no difference in the one in the shade because there's no moonlight. There's nothing affecting it, where the one yeah. in the moonlight will go even lower in temperature. Please just check for yourself instead of being discouraged no, by this silly claim.
3: That's what the person is claim. asking. That's what they're asking. Moon, Why have
2: Moon shade, multiple. You can put five different glasses in different areas in your garden that are in yeah. the shade of the moon. That means yeah. there's no moonlight. So you can compare multiple glasses under moonlight, multiple glasses not under the moonlight. You have to do it the same night so that you can compare the difference between moonlight and not moonlight. When there's not, no moon, there's no moonlight to compare. Why not you, won't just, get the same, you won't get the same results because if you hold a magnifying glass in the moon shade, it won't make a damn difference. Think about what I'm saying. It, Go and
3: check for yourself. It, Stop trying to, to
1: discourage people. What Mark why to not to
3: just do it once with no moon at all to see if the moon has nothing to do with it? Why, why not I've do it
2: twice you've not done it once yet you're making I'm claims not. yes you are you haven't done it admit no. it you haven't done it thank no, you so I've you admit done you done haven't done it so you're speaking out mm-hmm. of arrogance thank you and
3: no that's not
2: good yes. at all it's
3: it's, it's basically it refusing to do a control experiment is speaking out of this is what's called a control experiment the control you is the what let's the, you give Mark
1: a chance to respond
3: you remove what you think is the cause of it to test to see whether in actuality that is the cause or it could be another cause. And that's why you would do it. And that's what the person is asking. Moon shade. What's the harm in it?
1: What's the harm shade. in it, Howard? Shade of the moon. This one coming in from, do have to move. We have to move to the next one. This one coming in from Ozzy and Talks says, a magnifying glass cannot increase the temperature of the source light. Moon is not hot. So it won't work to magnify the heat. Laser light is an exception.
2: Moonlight doesn't heat water, moonlight chills water. You can check with your own thermometer and a magnifying glass, or you can get those um, goggles that measure the temperature with laser and you can look at wet surfaces and you'll find that wet surfaces that are shaded do not measure the same temperature as wet surfaces that are not shaded, the sh- unshaded areas are colder during the full moon and the, the first days of the wanning moon. So yeah, people can check for themselves. And the control is to have shade versus moonlight. That's the control. When it's no moon, there is no control because they're both in the moon shade. Check for yourself if you want, but it's a waste of time. It's better to do it when there is moonlight to compare to. That's the control. And the magnifying glass is the amplification, the um, the manipulation, which verifies the independent variable. You can check this on Google as well. It's science.
1: This one from Elabaca says, wait, you seriously have evidence of water temperature decreasing with a magnifying glass? That would break all known laws of physics. Where can I find that?
2: Yeah, we obviously need to redefine the th- laws of th- thermodynamics and we obviously need to redefine the l- laws of gravity if there is such a force. Or it's just relative density because things that are heavy, like steam right, rises, it condenses into a cloud, raindrops because it's denser than the air. That's relative density. No need for gravity with heavy metals that go up in smoke or steam. It's all about
1: density. This one coming in from, thanks for your work question. Lockbeard says, you need to do controls, i.e. without a moon at all.
2: Good luck, pal. You do that and let us know your results. But try doing it when there is a moonlight and then try and make an excuse when you get the same results as everyone else that's bothered to do it. Instead of making excuses and trying not to do it, just do it.
1: This one like right. making an observation at sea level. Just do it. Nike, just do it. Ozzy and Tox says five meters over five miles. You do understand yeah, that they said you do understand that the earth is not flat, right? Even you should see the bumps with your eyes. Some bumps are over five meters.
2: Over a body of water like a lake that hasn't even got waves. You should see a 10 meter pole or a 10 meter um object half obstructed below or behind the horizon it's simple over five meters this over five miles is supposed to be five meters of drop get to water level and check for yourself and then you'll be on the globe skeptic side
1: this one coming in from do appreciate your question, Ozzy and or this one comes in from Elabaka again says doing it without moon means both glasses should be at the same temperature test it you just probably won't because you already got the result that you wanted.
2: Now, people have done it and they have found that the temperature doesn't change of either because the atmosphere is the same temperature in the garden. It's like this is a stupid way to try and divert from doing it. Just do it when there's moonlight and you'll get the results that I'm telling you. And then if you want to do it when there's no moon, you'll see that there's no change in either temperature because there's no change. There's no moonlight to change it.
1: It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Gotcha. And this one coming in from do appreciate your question. Professor Phil Bell says please ask Howard what exactly is an astrolabe and how does it work
2: Okay supposedly the astrolabe was invented by the ancient arabic civilization or maybe in Spain actually during the arabic um, conquest the point is they're like a compass and they're or or a clock and you can uh, tell it where the sun is or what season you're in. And it'll tell you when there's gonna be an eclipse. It'll tell you when there's the change of season. They were tools based on the geocentric model, not necessarily flat, but geocentric, where the earth the, uh, the Earth is stationary and the moon and the stars and the sun go around us like we see them. And they were able to calculate the movements and the distances and everything and they still can to this day, just like a sundial still works to this day.
1: This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Ozian says, I will measure the moonshade with or without the moonlight, uh, the moon tonight. For you with a magnifying lens too. Shade traps heat. So easy. Cool story,
2: bro. But if you're not shouted with anything above it, then it doesn't matter if you're, I mean, shaded from what? If there's no moon, they're both in moon shade. It's it's like, this is ridiculous. it's, It's like, I'm in kindergarten and people are trying to make out there's a difference between moon shade when there's no moon. When there's no moon, it's all moon shade. I can't believe we have to keep going over this. It's ridiculous. But yeah, the pyramids were built under the three stars of the belt of Orion, and they're still in line with the three stars of Orion's belt. So the Astrolabe was obviously used for the pyramids to be built in alignment with Orion's belt.
1: This one coming in from, do appreciate your question as well. Quinlan 1977 says, ask Howard how a thermos bottle works.
2: A thermos bottle? Yes. Is that what, like a flask, what I put my coffee in and it stays hot? Correct. Cool. I'm guessing that because it's, uh, like, got a vacuum from the outer casing and you seal it, it helps contain the heat for a longer time. But, yeah, I'm...
1: This one coming <laughs> in from Ozzy and Talk says, I have video proof on my channel that the Earth curves down and away just with a drone, and I measured pixel height of a ship. Simple. Curve. Proved. Well, the cool thing is I've
2: spoken to multiple pilots on camera and off camera, and they all admit that they do not. And they're much higher than a drone. Yeah. They do not have to dip the nose. Even in a 12 hour flight, they actually maintain three degrees inclined and the old fashioned, uh, Concorde, which used to fly at higher, uh, altitude and much faster, that had to maintain a five degree inclination for 12 hours. So there's obviously no curve down, but there could be curve up. I don't know. I'm not a flat earther. I'm not a concave earther. I'm still making inquiries and I can accept that we might never know for sure. And I can humble myself that maybe only the creator or whatever's outside of this creation can see the whole shape We're mere mortals obsessed with the theory of knowledge, trying to make out, we know everything, trying to come up with a new model to debunk an old model when all we need to do is debunk what is not true and keep an open mind and keep investigating. We might never know, but we could at least be humble and be going in the right direction instead of being misled and uh, manipulated with beliefs and stuff that we can't see with primary observations.
1: This one from Mr. Jones, 1972 says, please ask Howard, where is his video in which he has done the moon chills water experiment in its entirety?
2: Yeah, as i said on my video, I've done the experiment twice and I waited half an hour for the effects. I'm not going to make a half an hour video of me stood there waiting for it to chill because people will still claim that it's fake. I'm not asking you to believe me. I've never claimed a model. I've never said that you have to trust me. I'm saying go and make your own observations. Do your own moonlight experiments. Watch how the stars don't change path throughout the whole year you'll see for yourself. I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm informing you on how you can
1: check for yourself. That's science. You got it, and I want to say thanks For tuning in today, folks, we really do appreciate it. Thanks for all of your questions. And most of all, thanks to our guests. It has been a true pleasure to have them. Modern Day Debate does have a Discord. I think Mark said, I don't know if it was the MDD Discord or a different Discord you said you were going to pop into afterwards, but want to let you know, folks, we don't shout it out enough that Modern Day Debate does have a Discord led by Let's Farm and others. And they do a fantastic job. Yeah, I was going
3: to the Modern Day Debate Discord afterwards. So if you are interested in an after show or asking me any questions, do pop into the uh, MDD Discord, and I'm sure James will have the link there. 100%
1: that is the modern day debate discord linked in the description highly encourage you to check that out and we give huge thanks to people like mark as well as like i said let's farm who's done a fantastic job making the discord community a fantastic place and so we hope you feel welcome there as well as here at the youtube channel no matter what walk of life you are from we hope you feel welcome whether you be flat earth or globe earth or politically left politically right black white gay straight christian atheist you name it we're glad you're here and so thanks one more time gentlemen I will be back in just a moment with an update on upcoming debates, my dear friends, as you don't want to miss those. In fact, we've got one I've got to tell you about right now, as I forgot to show this during the entire debate at the bottom right of your screen, whether or not trans women should be able to participate in traditional, you could say traditionally women's sports, that is going to be tomorrow night. Alex Stein, who recently had viral success, even was on Tucker Carlson Fox News. He is going to be on with Brenton Langle, uh, a longtime friend of the channel as well. They'll be debating tomorrow night. Kaz will be hosting that. And you don't want to miss it. It's going to be huge. But once again, want to say thank you so much to Mark Reed and George. It's been a true pleasure to have you. Thank you, James. Thanks, James. My pleasure. No hard feelings, Mark.
3: No, not at all. Not at all.
1: Good, but, oh, how,
2: but, please, but please stop preaching beliefs and just check for yourself.
3: uh Well, I think you should probably study a bit more and find out what the actual
1: science is. <laughs> we uh, before, before we get our, yeah, 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 this is going to start again. We've got. <laughs> I will. I'll be right back in a moment, folks. To let you know about upcoming debates and big plans that we have for modern day, modern day debate. We're excited for the future, so stick around for that. In about twenty seconds, I'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here. Don't worry, I'm still here. Here I am. Pumped to have you with us. Thanks for hanging out with us at Modern Day Debate. Want to say, my dear friends, we're excited. We've got big stuff coming up at Modern Day Debate. We want to say thanks for your support of Modern Day Debate. You guys have no idea. For real, we're excited about the growth that Modern Day Debate has had it's 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 super encouraging as we're excited to carry out the vision of providing a level playing field so that everybody can make their case on a neutral platform on youtube we want everybody to get their fair shot that's important to us and so thank you guys for joining us in that movement in that vision that we are pursuing as we strive to be youtube's premier debate channel so i've got to tell you thank you guys for your support it is exciting to see how much it's grown and it's because of you that it's grown no joke you guys help the channel in so many ways I'll give you some examples one is thank you guys I see we have 85 likes already that's spectacular it's a great start please do hit that like button as that does help the channel as we are excited to host more debates like this and that's one way of supporting the channel but also your questions for the Q&A for real that helps as well if it was the Q&A and it was just me asking questions very boring Now, no, no, nobody wants that, but you guys keep it interesting. You guys submit fantastic questions, thoughtful questions, and obviously just a variety of questions which which makes the Q and A fun. Not only that, but I've got to tell you another thing is, even just by being here, no joke, just by being here, That actually does help Modern Native debate. because a lot of people, not a lot. I would say it's a small percent, but we're still thankful for the small percent. We have hate watchers. Every channel's got some. There are some people that (laughs) they just hate a channel. I don't know why you'd hate a, a neutral platform, but hey, It's uh, whatever the reasons are, even the haters who watch just because they hate. We are thankful for them. The reason is because you might be like, well, why would you be thankful? Because, you know, if they're especially if they just talk smack in the chat and stuff and we're a pretty easygoing chat, we like our live chats and our comments to be pretty free. We like people to feel like they can say what they want within reason. So. The reason we like it when hate watchers are here is because it gives YouTube's algorithms information. Namely, when those people are watching our debates, YouTube sees that and it says, oh, let's look for other accounts with similar interests to this account and this account, any accounts that are watching. And then they recommend it to those channels as well. That's one way in which the YouTube algorithm works is it looks for channels with, you could say similar watch watch habits, like watching habits in terms of their interests and then it recommends it's like a pretty quick you know pretty clever little trick in terms of recommending videos to people and so it really does help us no joke and so whenever i see a comment where somebody might just pop in and they're temporarily watching And they just do it because they just want to say you know this channel sucks or whatever it is I'm just glad that they do pop in that's another thing is the comments that helps boost our engagement as well and so I I gotta say we're excited you guys and again this the hate watchers the haters are really actually a small percent that's actually like a a pretty small percent so we're thankful for all of you guys who are actually positive people who else do we have to think we've got a lot of people Guest moderators like Kaz, like Amy, like Converse Contender, like Carissa, super thankful for them as I'm oftentimes swamped. And especially these last several weeks, as you guys know, I've been streaming from the public library and I've been wiped out and they've been able to step in and take over so many debates. And of course, the people that we are most thankful for, the people who are the lifeblood of the channel, as I always say, the speakers, is that people like Mark, people like George Howard Stirrup. People like Alex Stein and Brenton that you can see in the bottom right of your screen, they're the lifeblood of the channel. They make it fun. If it was just me debating myself every night, it'd be a terrible channel. So we are so thankful for all of our guests as it's always a blast because of them. And so I wanna say thank you guys for all of your support for real. We are encouraged about the future. And even when people oppose us, we just see it as actually the wind to our back. In other words, it helps us because when people oppose us, like I said, there's a strange way in which reality works right now. as I've seen this in a lot of cases in society, is when people oppose you, ironically, a lot of times by opposing you, they actually end up kind of helping you in a way. And I'm not I'm not joking. It sounds like kinda of like I said, bizarre, but for haters, we're, we've got a positive attitude about them because, like I said, if they're tuning in and they're like, oh, blah, you know, blah, blah, they want to talk smack, is just by clicking on the video, it does give YouTube more information where, as I said, it boosts us in the algorithm because it gives us, you could say, it recommends our videos to more channels based on more people clicking in, in our content. So we have a positive attitude, even about the haters. We've got a bright future. want to let you know we are it's almost confirmed there is another political debate in addition to the one at the bottom right of your screen this one is for the following saturday and that is going to be on let me read this exact title the way i It's, quote, the woke agenda in America. So that's going to be Hake of the Hake Report and Jangles Science Lab. That's a long-awaited debate. I'm pumped to see those guys cross swords. So that is going to be a cool one. You do not want to miss it. And that one, I'm going to work on the the thumbnail for that today. As well as, we've got a lot of good ones. We've got some upcoming science you could say in particular creation versus evolution debates evolution on trial have dinosaurs ever lived with man in the past We are really excited to start moving back into science debates as we took a break from them for a while because we want to give them a break as we want want to kind of keep things fresh at the channel. And so sometimes we kind of take a break from some topics and then come back to them maybe a month or several months later. And so we haven't had a creation evolution debate for a while. We're excited to get back into those to some degree. And then we're gonna do a lot more Islam versus atheism debates. Those have been well-received. A lot of people have enjoyed those recently. And then we've also got some plans to have some very juicy political debates, if you like juicy debates, controversial debates, the type where you're like, eh, I don't know if I should watch this at work. That type of debate, we are excited to host a lot more of those coming up in the future. And stupid beta energy, you'd never check your WhatsApp. You know that? You know what your problem is? But also I want to say thank you though in the, the old live chat to others in the live chat. Good to see you. Gleam as well as Calypso and Comradical, thanks for being with us, and D. Ross, pumped to have you here, Surgeon General. Glad you were with us, and thanks for your uh, message the other day, letting us know about the stream. Sometimes the stream runs late, uh, even after we tried to turn it off. As well as Gander, thanks for being with us. Glad you were here, Brooks Sparrow. Thanks for your support. Brooks says, hit that like button, and I couldn't agree more. It does help the channel, so we do highly encourage you hit that like button. As well as Oliver Catwell, good to see you. Says, hi, missed the debate, but goods but sending good vibes. Thanks for that, Oliver Catwall. Seriously, and thanks for your message the other day. I, I think it was just yesterday. I really did appreciate that. That meant a lot. And thanks, YouTube, for being good, being with us, as well as Mr. Lottie. Glad you're here. Sadie Marie Jones, thanks for your support as always. Sideshow Nav, thanks for being with us. I got your message the other day. Pardon my delay. It's just been extra busy the last couple of days. I've been trying to recharge a lot. A lot of meditation, which has been super helpful for me. LCX1, glad you were here. And... Fake Globe, glad to have you with us. Ila Baka, let me know if I'm saying your name right. We're glad you're here, Ila Baka. Thanks for being with us. As well as Whirl of Bliss, glad you were here. And Dabin Good, glad to have you with us. Fenton Mully, good to have you here. Says, <laughs> James is getting yoked, yo. Thanks for that. I love going to the gym. I am planning on getting yoked. It is so fun. I do enjoy it. It's a great stress relief. I can't wait to go to the gym today. I do enjoy it a lot. And then, Gander, thanks for your support. Says, I haven't seen any comments saying this channel sucks. Only one guest or the other. You're right. It is pretty rare. To be honest, like most people, 99% are super supportive. So don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, even when it comes to those who oppose us, that small percent, we're always keeping a positive attitude and thankful for them as well, is that ironically, if they oppose us, we just benefit from it and we keep on growing and we're excited about the future but thanks for your support and I agree with you 99% of people are actually very positive and supportive and we appreciate that in fact we jumped up from 85 likes to 107 since I, I asked you guys to hit that like button so thank you guys so much for doing that if you want to do a good deed for the day hit that old like button as that does help the channel we appreciate that And ATR, thanks for coming by. We are glad you were here. says, I love the Azov Battalion haircut, James. I don't know what that is. Is that that battalion in the the Ukrainian army that's like allegedly Uh, (laughs) N-E-O-N-A-Z-I? In that case, I don't know if it's a compliment. I don't know what their haircuts are like, but I think I remember that being the name of the battalion, um, which I'm like, obviously not in, I'm not an N-E-O-N-A-Z-I. But Fallen Merrick, thanks for being with us, as well as, let's see here, D Ross, glad you're here, Charlie Reed, glad to have you with us, and, but yeah, how are you guys doing in the live chat? I've got a little bit, I've got a school meeting in a little bit that I'm, I'm glad to get to reconnect with everybody, and so uh, I've got to run in just a few minutes, but I do want to say hi to you guys and get to hear from you, and how's your how are your lives going, and I hope you're doing well. Green Dragon Reprise, glad you are with us, as well as Willie Kid. we are glad you were here, and then... H.L. Aristoseles, thanks for being with us. Appreciate your support. Thanks, Frank, for being here. And well, also, (sighs) RT, good to see you again. Rufus St. Hubbins, glad you were with us. Ian's Voice, thanks for coming by, as well as Glober Mom, glad you're here. L.B. Things, Stuff and More, happy to have you with us. Peter G., glad you were here, too. And YouTube says, isn't it early in the U.S.? Putting a shift in. Yes, it is. It's early for me. I got here at the library at like 8:30 this morning, uh, just because right now uh, to accommodate the speakers, we I had to come in early. Fallen Merrick, glad you were here. Says, are we are we welcome here as Moonshaders? Yes, you are. And Absolute Death says Jedi or Sith. Thanks for being with us, Absolute Death, and of course Jedi as well as Ashley 19 Student Dot Doctor. Thanks for coming by. We are glad you are here. Lax Paint, thanks for being with us. And Self Law, we are glad that you are with us. Rockin' Woodworks, thanks for coming by. We're glad to have you here. Southern Sal, thanks for being here. Wesley Allen, happy to have you. Elvin Mod Photo, thanks for coming by, as well as Fate Zero. And my dear friends, I am hoping that you're doing well. I see you there in the old live chat. Thanks for your support, Sadie Marie Jones. And. Corey Murphy, glad to have you with us. Sadie Marie Jones says, "Please smash that like button." I couldn't agree more. Rule it with an iron fist, my dear friends. Jeremy Korperich, thanks for coming by. Glad to have you with us. Let's see. nav thanks for your support. It says keep. The debate's coming. We definitely will. We're excited about that. We're doing it at about two a week. And we'll sometimes, I think we have like, have we done two this week? I think we'll have like three this week because we just did one a couple of days ago. We did one on Wednesday. We're doing one today, Friday, and then we've got one tomorrow. So three this week, but we usually do two debates a week. That's our typical. And we will probably up it for sure, especially in the fall. In the summer, at some point, we might, depending. Uh, just on like scheduling and stuff like that. We don't know. It's There's a lot going on. But we're, you know, consistently probably going to do about two a week and then we'll probably do more and uh, like three or so as we kind of get. We're looking especially like we're kind of out there looking for new guests. And so Surgeon General thinks. <clears throat> let's see. Thanks for uh, your support. Appreciate that. And then let's see. HL. Aristocelles, thanks for your support. We really do appreciate your channel membership support. Thank you for all the channel members, like Stupid Beta Energy. Appreciate your support. And lax paint. thanks for your support. Thanks to all of the moderators in chat, keeping things relatively calm. You could say controlled chaos out there. That's how we like it. And so we, we appreciate you guys so much. We're at 109 likes. Who's going to be the one the last person to get us to 110 as we are so close. we're only one like away from 110 that's a power number. but I want to say thank you guys seriously for your support. It's always a fun time and I'm gonna get ready for that next meeting and I so I've got to run but I do I do enjoy spending time with you. So thank you guys we're excited about the future. We've got big stuff coming up this summer in terms of debates that we're going to be hosting some of which are probably going to be in person. And they're going to be like high level debates in person. So we're really pumped for that. We've got some big stuff coming. We're excited about the future. We're working on things that we can improve on as we, as the channel, recognize there are things that we can work on and kind of go through self-improvement and see real progress. So we're excited about that. And we're excited as folks, we want to provide a truly neutral platform as we really don't think a lot of the mainstream media out there is doing a very good job of giving people a truly neutral no spin type of platform the way we do where we want people to be able to say what they want and it's not edited, it's not overly produced, it's authentic, it's raw, it's real. And so we appreciate all of your guys' support of that and... We're excited about the future as we strive to complete and fulfill the vision of providing a neutral platform so that everybody can make their case on a level playing field. So thank you guys. We appreciate it. We're excited about the future, and we'll see you next time. We hope you have a great rest of your day, and looking forward to seeing you at tomorrow's debate. Take care, everybody. love you guys, and keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable. AMAZING!